Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to read from verse number 13 to 16. Matthew chapter 5, from verse number 13 to 16. Amen. Jesus preaching said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven hallelujah we started talking about a subject i entitled living a life of impact amen living a life of impact my question to you this morning is if you were to die today what do you think people will write about you Ask your neighbor for two seconds. If you were to die today, what do you think your obituary will read us? What would they say about you? What did they say? What, what, what did they say? Nothing. Somebody saying powerful, somebody saying nothing. You see, if in this world, if we live with the mind of death, we'll live well. If we live thinking about what will happen or what will be our end or what will posterity say about us, we will do well. Amen. What does it mean to live a life of impact? Uh, John C. Maxwell said that adding value to others makes you more valuable. Are you with me? He said that if you want to be valued and you want to be valuable to, the, to life and to your society and to your world, you must learn to add value to the lives of other people. Am I talking to somebody? It's not about you adding value to your family. It's not about you adding value to your, um, your, 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 your pocket or adding value to your, um, what do you call it, your property portfolio, but it's about adding value to others. Amen. We have seen in Africa, we see a lot of... Uh, uh, what do you call leaders that have come and gone and they didn't add any value to the people that they came to serve. They added value to by building their own homes, building their own mansions, building their own, uh, what do you call it, uh, family tree and they never added value to the lives of the people. So they died and they were not valued. We have a good case in point when we talk about Mugabe, Robert Mugabe. If you compare Robert Mugabe to uh, uh, Nelson Mandela, you can see who has had an impact. Even though Mugabe had been in parliament or has been in power for about 37 years and uh, uh, Mandela was in power for only four years, you can tell who has had impact and who hasn't. Which goes to show that ah, living a life of impact doesn't necessarily depend on how long you live. It doesn't necessarily depend on how, how old you are, but it depends on how value, how much value you add to people's lives. Amen. 
If you don't add value, you are not impactful. Life is not only about you. Touch your neighbor and tell them life is not only about you. In fact, life is not about you. Life is about other people. You exist to add value to other people. You see, God created us to reach and radically impact the, the life that, and the world that we live in. That is how come each and every one must live a footprint in this world before we check out. Amen. I say each and every one must do what? Live a footprint. Impact somebody. Invest in somebody. Invest in something. When you are no more, you should be remembered. We have different names of roads, different statues that have been uh, erected all over the place in commemoration of the lives that people have lived. Amen. You can never be forgotten. When you look around here, you see some names. And they write a, a little bit about what they've done. These are 100-year-old names. They came and died about 100 years ago. But their names are still here. Amen. Because they stood for something. They lived for something. They died for something. Hallelujah. If you don't stand for anything... You will not live for anything. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And if you are not prepared to die for anything, you will never be remembered. Hallelujah. You didn't like what I just said. Living a life of impact has little, has little to do with how experienced you are or how wealthy you are. We see poor people that have made impact. We see rich people that have made impact. We see young people that have made impact. We see even Jesus was only around for 33 years. There are people who have lived for 85 years, 89 years, 90 years, 93 years, and we don't even remember them if they die within a week. Hallelujah. So we started to look at how we can make impact. How many remember? We started last week. And I said that the first thing that you can do to make impact is to live to fulfill the purpose of God where you are concerned. To live for purpose. Amen. Do you remember the story we read in Matthew 12, 43 to 45? When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he walks in dry places seeking rest. And when he finds none, he says that I will return to my house which from whence I came. And when he finds it empty and swept and put in order, he goes and takes seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is far worse than the first. So it is to, for this wicked generation. Hallelujah. And I said to you that even demons understand order. And they understand that if they have to live to fulfill purpose of destroying a human being and they've been cast out at the first try, it means that they need seven other demons more wicked than themselves. Are you with me? And for seven other demons to come and occupy the place, then it means that they will have to move from the master bedroom to the box room. Are you with me? But demons are prepared to move to the box room 
if that will mean, uh, if that will help enable them to achieve the purpose of destroying the man. Because the Bible says at the, at the end, the end of the man is worse than before. And that's the purpose. The purpose the demons have is that let this man's life be worse than before. So the way to do it is I have to take the back seat. I have to be the number eight demon. Even though he was number one. He has to opt to be number eight. But you see, when we come to our lives these days, nobody wants to be number eight. Especially if you have occupied number one before. How many understand what I'm saying? Because we all want to remain number one. But you see, when you, for you to remain number one, if it means we will not be impactful, then please, let's choose to remain, go to number eight. So that the purpose is fulfilled. Because the purpose is what will you be remembered for. What did we do? What did we achieve? What was the purpose of that time in this place? Amen. Amen. If you are here for, for, let's say you are here for a few years because you are in school. By the time you are leaving this place, what would you be remembered for? And you don't have to be here for 10 years to make impact. You don't have to be here for, for 100 years before we, you can be remembered. No, you can be here for only nine months and make so much impact that we will never forget you. Am I talking to somebody? Listen, life is not about just living for yourself. How many shoes can you wear? How many handbags can you have? How many cars can you have? How many houses can you... You can live in only but one car, one house. You can only drive but one car at a time. You can only lie in one bed. And even in that, in that whole one bed, your body is only in a very, very small, minute place of the bed. So what is all this plenty trying to amass and trying to be so selfish? Life is not about food or raiment. Hallelujah. Life is about the impact we make. The impact we are making on our children. The impact we are making on, our, uh, on, the, on the, the young people. I told the best investment anybody can do is to invest in human beings. To invest in people. Hallelujah. To invest. Number two, the second thing we can do to fulfill purpose. How many want to fulfill purpose? Well, I didn't see any hand. How many want to fulfill purpose? The first, second thing we can do to fulfill purpose is to choose rather not to be seen. John chapter 3, verse 25. There's a story there. John chapter 3, verse 25. Then there arose a dispute between the disciples of John and the Jews about purification. Then they came to John and said, Rabbi, um, okay, let's read on. Where are we? 26. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. Amen. Do, do, you, do you understand what that, what that means? He's, so John, John's disciples have come talking about Jesus because Jesus has just been baptized in the Jordan and now he, Jesus, is baptizing. 
and all are testifying. It means that the, the, the church member that you just raised has gone somewhere and he started his church and many people are going there. Amen. And John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him and he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and he he who has the bride is the bridegroom but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and bears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled amen did you understand that? I'll explain in a little bit. And verse 30, let's read verse 30 together. Ready, go. He who comes from above is above all. He who is on the earth is earthly and speak of the earth. He who comes from above heaven is above all. And that he has, been, he has seen and heard and that he testifies, and no one receives this testimony. And he who receives his testimony has certified that God is true. Amen. So here, there is a very human thing happening here. Jealousy. Isn't that true? Because John came before Jesus. John is been in ministry longer. In fact, John is the one that showed everybody that this is Jesus. He is supposed to be the bishop of this man. Are you with me? He has actually anointed him, prayed for him, poured water on him, and then he goes away, starts a church, and everybody's going there. So naturally, the disciples of John are angry and jealous, like we will all be. That the person that you just anointed, the person that you prayed for, look at him now. He started a church, and his church is getting bigger than ours. And John makes a very, very profound statement. He says that you all know that I never said I was the Christ. I, I really wonder how many pastors today will say that. I don't know how many pastors will say that. Listen, I, 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 I listen. This man is more anointed than me. No, 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 no. They will say no. You <laughs> see, that guy is fake. That guy is fake. They will start. He would have started saying things about about Jesus and calling him uh, his son. And all this that this is my son. He, he's not supposed to be doing this and that. No, 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 no. But that's not what John said. John said, if the bridegroom is here and I am just his friend, then his voice must make me happy. I should be happy when he is happy. Because I never said I was a bridegroom. I am just the best man. I'm the friend of the groom. So if the groom is happy, I am happy. Hallelujah. That is how we make impact. When we can see 
how where we fix in where we fit in the whole jigsaw and we are happy to remain in our place to hold things together see in this day and age a lot of us are not happy to remain in our place we are always vying for everybody wants to be on the pulpit preaching because we feel that the best place or the place that is most glorified is the place that you, you have there what do you call it the, the, that is seen every footballer a young footballer wants to be the striker who scores the goal because when they are writing the the summary of, of of the game it is the striker's name that is mentioned they don't mention the defender they don't mention the one that helped they don't mention all that but i have also come to see that you see when you're a goalkeeper and you are very good at your job you earn more money than a striker when you are a right back and you are very good, they'll pay you more because you hold the team together in that little corner you are. You don't have to be the striker to make an impact. You don't have to be the head to make an impact. You don't have to be the hand to be an impact. You don't have to be the eye. Wherever you are, if you stay there and you, you do your best, you make an impact. See what Jesus says in Luke chapter 7 about this, same, this, this man that we are talking about. So Luke 7, 24 to 26. When the messengers of John had departed, so the messengers of John come to uh, Jesus and say that are you he who is to come or should we look for another? When, he had de- when they had departed, he began to speak to the multitude concerning John. He said, what did you go to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled live in luxury in King's courts. But what did you go to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you more than a prophet. This is of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will, be, who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, this is Jesus talking, I say to you, among all those born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. Amen. So Jesus is now making a commendation of John the Baptist and he's saying that amongst all men born of women, there is none greater. But this is the man who says that, that I may decrease, that he may increase. But he is the greatest because he has made an impact by voluntarily reducing himself. Amen voluntarily helping to lift Jesus up. Instead of competing with him, instead of trying to suppress him and bring him down, he didn't say that. Today, in our day, if a man leaves your church and goes to start the church, you start preaching against him and say that he has a demon. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we, 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 we expect that if you are my son, you must always remain my son for the, forever. Because I am the one who has to make impact. You have to be under me. But that is not what God says. Amen. This is a very clear example. That God has his reason and his purpose of doing something. You see, if you don't know the story, let me, let me break the story down a little bit. 
The disciples of John, when they heard John point Jesus as this is the man who God has appointed to take the sins of the whole world, they left him and went to follow Jesus. Can you get a picture? Can you imagine that uh, uh, this is my associate pastor? These are my associate pastors. They, they are working with me. Then a, a man comes in and I prophesy and say that this man is the one that God has appointed to come and make a, a, an impact in Leeds in our, uh, in our generation. Then these three just get up from that day and they go and follow him. And then before we can say Jack Robinson, we hear that now his ministry has boomed and he's doing so well. And obviously if his ministry is doing so well, that means we are struggling a little bit because we have lost our three very, very important. Are you getting a picture? Our three important ministers we have lost. And now we are trying to replace them. It's like it takes a while to replace these people. And so the ministry is shaking. If it is our today, all my message will stop. From now, all my messages, how Satan has infiltrated that man. (laughs) Are you getting it? How Satan has entered him and all that he's doing is not from God. He's a, he's, he's he's a, he's a, a fake pastor. He's a fake prophet. And we say, oh, our preaching will change. And I will train all my members to go and attack him. Pray certain prayers. Certain prayers against him. You see, that is why we are not impacting our world. Because we are always trying to compete. But the Bible says they that compete with themselves, amongst themselves, are not wise. Find what God's will is. If God's will is that this person has been put there to do something, see the Bible says that no man takes his honor upon themselves. God is the one that gives. If it's not of God, it will fail. But if it's of God, you can't stop it. So stop fighting them. Are you with me? If you can, help them. Because it's about trying to make impact. How many are going to make impact in this life? Hallelujah. My final thing that I want to talk about is uh, Acts chapter 9. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, are you there? Let's start from 32. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all the parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. And he found a certain man named, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Enas. Enas who had been bedridden for eight years and paralyzed. And Peter said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and take your bed. And he arose and immediately, he arose immediately. So all who dwelt in Leda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. And it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid her in the upper room. 
and since Lida was near Joppa, they, and the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent men imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Hallelujah. So, next verse. And Peter arose and went with them, and when he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. And Peter put them all out and knelt and prayed. And turning to his body, she said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and she saw Peter. And, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Amen. Now, a few things about Dorcas. And I think though everything about Dorcas applies to us if we are going to make an impact in our world. Number one, she started to follow Christ. Amen. You can never make a lasting impact in this world if you are not following Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two, she engaged in good works wherever she went. The people said, look at the nice things that she had made for us. When my son was sick, uh, uh, Tabitha made a, a nice jumper. When uh, I had my baby, Tabitha made a nice bed sheet for me. In fact, if you come to my house, all the apostles in my house, Tabitha was the one who made it. I, was, I think in our church, our modern day Tabitha will be Uncle Fred, isn't it? Everybody's, he has impact in everybody's house. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that true? You see, when you, you are selfless and you, you, you allow your stream, your river to flow to everybody, it means you are making an impact. Everybody can say something nice about you. Everybody can say something, a help you have given them. Everybody can say, that you, I needed this, you did for me. I needed this, you did for me. I need, you are making an impact. It is not about wanting people to do it for you all the time. That's the quickest way of not making an impact. Being selfish. Hallelujah. The, the third thing, this is number three. The third thing about Dorcas is that she rose above her limitations. Amen. She rose above her limitations. You see, you, you, you can't make impact to a certain level if you are limited. Amen. How many know that lack of money will limit you? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Eh? Lack of money will limit you. Lack of education will limit you. The very fact that you are you're black, you're white, you have a certain accent, is limiting. And see, if you allow your limitations to hold you, you will never make an impact. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because uh, limit, uh, 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 limitations are like barriers. That stops us from progressing. And you must try your best to live above limitations. Some of us, our, where we come from is our limitation, which means that our river don't, don't flow past it. You only do good to people of your own color. <laughs> People of your own sex. People of your own, uh, what do you call it, generation. 
your, your river can't go past it. Because as for me, I only deal with my kind. It's a limitation. And you never make an impact when you are limited. When you remain only in one tribe, you remain only in... That is why uh, we, we have International uh, Sunday and all those things. It's just for us to understand that though we are many from different ethnicities, we are one body. And so our impact must be the same. You must impact anybody. Whether the person is older than you, younger than you, your impact must flow. Whether they are rich or poor, it doesn't matter. Amen. Don't allow, you see, this, in those days, women were not regarded a lot. In fact, when they counted, they never counted women. When they were feeding the 5,000, they said 5,000 men besides women and children. They never count children or women. Are, are you with me? If you look in the whole book of Acts, only few women were named. And this woman is one of the main ones that was named because she did not allow her the gender bias of the day to limit her. She did not allow it. The Bible says that she made so much impact. It was not the women that sent for Peter. Are you with me? It was not the women. These were the elders in Joppa. In leader, the elders in leader were the ones that sent disciples. They sent men. They didn't send women. They sent disciples, men, to Joppa. Go and bring Peter. And in those days, Peter was the head of the church, which meant that he was the archbishop. It's not easy to get the archbishop to live wherever he is to come here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Archbishop. His eminence. You, you, you know, uh, 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 you see, I, I am, I am, uh, uh, my time is up. Okay. Let, let me say this one thing then. Okay, please. Can I say? Okay. Effective. It's not easy. It's not easy for me. You see, I, I am, I am a very small pastor in a very small church. Are you with me? We, 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 by grace of God, we have a branch in South Africa. When I go there, it's as if the president has come. Are <laughs> uh, you understand what I'm saying? And see, I don't go there like that. For me to go there, it's, it's, it's you know, people cancel their holidays. People cancel their uh, business, training, promotion, whatever, to be sure that they are there when their bishop comes. And I'm just a small pastor in a small place. So I can imagine Peter, the archbishop, who is going, doing, doing he's, he's going on a tour. He's going to different places. And they say, stop the tour. Stop the visit. You are needed in leader. You are needed here. Because a very important person has died. And we cannot allow her to die. Are you getting a picture now? Would the church say that about you? Or would they bury you quickly? Or would they say, ah, we have waited for long. Now our troubles are over. No. They said, stop, Peter. 
you are needed here. And the Bible says that Peter stopped immediately. I am just wondering how many of the members we have can make me stop and travel immediately. Either to South Africa or to Ghana or another place. The person must be a, a certain type of member. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Otherwise, I will not stop immediately. immediately. I'll say, okay, I'll come. <laughs> Are you getting it? But for me to leave immediately, I hear the, the, the message today, and immediately I'm on the next flight. The person has to be a certain level. Are you getting it? must be a Dorcas type of person. Amen. I pray that we'll become Dorcas's. I pray that we'll become Dorcas's. I don't know about you, but I'm praying. I'm praying that we'll become Dorcas's. Rise above your limitations. The next one, very quickly, was faithful. She was faithful. Because of her faithfulness, he had to stop. And the last thing was that she had a legacy. The Bible says that when, when Peter came, they started to show Peter her legacy. This is the reason why we called you. And you better come. And, she, and he came and he healed her. Hallelujah.